Perfect peace is the title of our message today and probably the title of a little series that I'm going to be doing here. Um, Let's just pray before we do anything else. God, we're so grateful for your word to us. We're so grateful for your word through us. And Holy Spirit, you know my heart is for you to help people. I don't care if it comes out fancy or flashy or <laughs> even convincing. I don't, I just want you, your power, your anointing, your unction. And I thank you that in the same way that, that you can use my mouth and speak words, I thank you that um, you're using our ears and helping us to hear clearly. God, we thank you for perfect peace. Perfect peace. Shalom. Perfect peace. We give this time together to you, and we thank you for great transformation in every single one of us. In Jesus' awesome name. Can y'all say amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to start in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. So if this is your first time here, as we go through this, there's going to be some words up here in bold. Um, That's emphasis that I put on there. So if you're comfortable doing so, I'd encourage you to read those together with me. Says this, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. We're going to read that one more time. You will keep in perfect peace who? All. All who what? Trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. My question this morning is, are we experiencing perfect peace? I want you to be real in your answer to that. Are you experiencing perfect peace? Peace. Now you might be like, well, I don't even know what do you mean by that. Whatever you think I mean by that is probably the truth of that. Are you experiencing perfect peace in him? I think it's important to talk about perfect peace in a world that's normalizing anxiety. Listen clearly. I just like almost anybody else, have my moments. I even have my seasons where it seems like it's all I can do just to not, ah! Anybody ever been there before? You just like want to, it's like you're one thing away from just snapping and doing something you shouldn't. You know what I mean? I remember one time, I'm going to give you all a real talk behind the scenes. I remember one time I was in a little bit of an anxious um, season, you know, and, and pastor Paul, God bless our pastors and pastor Paul. Um, but you know, he came up to me after service and he just goes, Hey, how you doing? I was like, not well, I need to go or I'm going to punch somebody. (laughs) What? 
Yeah, I mean, like, I was just really frustrated. And would I have actually punched somebody? Probably not, you know? But I was just so frustrated and so wrapped up and so, like, high-strung for whatever reason that I was, I was not experiencing what we were calling perfect peace. Let's just say that much. And so I want to tell you, I'm not here to judge you this morning. I'm not here to say shame on you for experiencing any less than perfect peace. I'm not here to judge you for feeling stressed. I'm not here to judge you for having uh, panic attacks or anxiety attacks or whatever. What I'm saying is God has something better. That's what I'm saying. And I would like to normalize God's promises. That's what I would like to do. I don't want to wrap my arms around the workings of the enemy. Straight up, there's, there's medicine ads that are like, it's your anxiety. Treat it. And it's like, yeah, you would like me to think it's mine for the rest of my life so you can treat it for the rest of my life. Now, again, I'm not anti-medication. Please don't hear that. But what I'm saying is, is that we, we, ought, we ought not normalize our expectation in a place, any place other than God's perfect peace. This is where faith is an important thing, that we see things that are not as though they were. There's hope, okay? That's what I'm saying. Because like, if you're anything like me, when I'm unraveling, I just need to hear like, it's okay. God's got you. Everything's going to be okay. There's hope. I'm here today to tell you there's hope. There's peace. And I want to walk through what scripture has to say, the promises God has given us, so that when we're in a tiz, we can take a deep breath, remind ourselves who he is, what he's promised us, and enter into that and see it actually experienced in our own lives. Amen? It's a beautiful thing what he can do. So, what I like about Isaiah 26.3 is, is there's two things that it says here. Is all who trust in you. Can you say trust in you? And whose thoughts are fixed on you. So there's a part that we play in this thing called perfect peace. I am not a supply of perfect peace. God is the supplier of perfect peace. Can I get an amen? amen. We, though, have to show up. Can you say show up? God wants our attention and he wants our affection. He wants us present with him. He wants us to trust him. And he wants our eyes fixed on him. This is relational. This isn't just some equation for how do I get peace? Well, look to Jesus, whatever that means, and, and, and trust in him. Okay, no, it's relational. It's God is my father. I want to be with him. And when I'm with him, I don't want to be distracted. I want my attention, my thoughts to be fixed on him. And I'm telling you, you control your thoughts. I'm going to say that again because we need to hear this. You control your thoughts. We have say so. We are not just victims to our mentality. And I love you and that's why I'm saying this. We aren't just slave to every thought that flies into our head. And if we are, that can change. You can tell yourself what you're going to think. 
But it's a, it's a change of direction, not a, I'm not going to think about that. Did you hear me? You can't just stop thinking about something. Have you ever tried that before? It's really, really, really hard. You know, just stop thinking about it. Just stop thinking about it. Just stop thinking about it. And then you're just thinking about stopping thinking about it. And then therefore you're thinking about it some more. You're like, ah, now I'm frustrated that I can't stop thinking about it. You're not even just frustrated about the thing. Now you're frustrated about the fact that you can't stop thinking about the thing. It's a wild chasing your tail situation. No, we go, I am going to choose to direct my attention instead of fixating on this thing. I'm going to direct my attention to him and his presence and his peace. He will hold you. He will speak peace over you. He will bring calm to you. In John 16, 33, Jesus said this, these things I have spoken to you, and we'll talk about what those things are here soon. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world, you have what? Tribulation. But take courage, I have overcome the world. How many of y'all think this sounds like in the world, people are, ah, this is what, this is your lot in life. No, 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 no. In him, we can have peace. Our lot in life is not stressed out, anxious, overwhelmed living. That's not our lot in life. Now, I'm not telling you that all the circumstances of our life are always going to be honky-dory. This doesn't even talk about circumstances other than the fact that in the world, you may have tribulation. Now, there's many promises of God that are about the lives we can enter into in the natural. But here, this is saying, in me, you may have peace. Now, if you look up that word for tribulation, we're going to dive into some of the original language here this morning. Tribulation, it's the word thlipsis. Can y'all say thlipsis? And this, this really registered with me. It means pressure. Whoo! Pressure. I remember when I was in middle school, man, they, they have you watch some weird movies and no, it was actually in high school. In high school, we had this like creative writing class and they had us watch this movie. Um, and I won't even tell you the name of it, but anyways, there was a dude who had a nervous breakdown and he never came back from it. And, and I remember he was in the shower and it makes me cry even just thinking about it. Cause like I was at a place in my life where I totally understood where he was coming from. And he had a nervous break, and all he could say is, it's too much pressure. And he was just repeating it. He couldn't get anything else out of his mouth. That's where he was stuck. I want to tell you, there is no pressure too great for God to alleviate. Did you hear me? There is no such thing. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about, I'm sure y'all have seen it in some of the movies. I think there's like a Star Wars movie that does it, but like the walls start coming in on either side and they're all in like this, like, is it a, what is it? It's a disposal pit. It's a junk pit where they throw all their trash and the walls start coming in. And I was seeing, well, when I was having this vision, it was me, but I was like this, I was like, ah! just like trying to keep the walls apart. And then all of a sudden, I look under me and pop, this boulder just shows up. And it's, the funny thing was, is the boulder 
was just slighter than my wingspan. And so like I had a choice to make. I could either keep my arms out fully extended, fighting for the life of me to try to keep these walls from collapsing, or I could let my arms down and let the boulder do the work. And here's the wild thing, is when I was first studying this stuff, again, we're in Isaiah. What I liked about this was if you go back to Isaiah 26 and you look at verse 4, says this, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed in you. Trust in the Lord always for he is the eternal rock. Come on, man. And I was just like, oh God, that's so good. You are the eternal rock. You are the one that not only do we stand on, but you are the one keeping the pressure at bay. But we have to let him do the work. We can stand there freaking out. Or we can drop our arms and trust our Father. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to put our arms down and trust Him? Listen, <laughs> what's the fruit of your toiling? What's the fruit? What's the fruit of all of your stressful contemplation? Does worrying help anything? Does stress help anything? Does the high-strung nature, some of us, some of us have issues with our bodies because of how stressed we are. And I'm not just making up hoo-boo-joo-boo stuff. That's like real life. Like you go to the doctor, they'll tell you, your issue is stress, bud. And then maybe they'll write you something. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they'll say, stop stressing out. But like, again, I can't just stop stressing out. I need God's help. Amen? And I want to stay there. I want to live there in that perfect peace. So again, let's pull up Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Can y'all say perfect peace one more time? Perfect peace. Now again, I told y'all we're going to be looking at some language here. Uh, in the Hebrew, the word for perfect peace is shalom. Hey, is he in kids' church? Yeah, we have, we have a, a young man named Shalom in our church family, and it's such a cool name. Um, but this is what it means. Completeness, safety, soundness, welfare, health, contentment, and peace. Woo! How many of y'all want some of that? Hello? Doesn't that sound good? Completeness. Okay, are we insecure? We can be complete. Insecurity is a void. We can be complete. Safety. Are you in danger? Are you doing life as though you do not have a loving father who can actually take care of you? Soundness. Welfare. Health, contentment, peace. We're going to go through some of these things as we go on. But the one that I really felt like the Lord was highlighting to me this week was safety. Can y'all say safety? safety? Safety. What does safety have to do with peace? Well, knowing you are safe is critical to your peace. Some of us are concerned about safe spaces when really we need this to be a safe space. 
You can't tell the world what to do. I'm sorry, I love you, but it's, we're, we can't design the world into a place of peace for our lives so that everybody's doing things exactly as we would like them done so as everything's honky-dory per agreement. That's not going to happen. And I love you, and I don't want us limiting our lives to these safe spaces when we can be safe in him and go into dangerous places and see him bring his peace. See him bring his safety. See him bring completeness. If we go, oh no, that's too dangerous. There's probably sinners there. What if I see somebody who maybe is drunk? <gasps> what if I see somebody who's wearing something that I don't think they should be wearing? <gasps> what if these people don't use the words that I wish they would use? <gasps> Christians, we can't be so triggerable. I find it hilarious, man, because like we're the ones... <laughs> Ah, people these days are so triggered. And it's like, honestly, from what I see in the church, we are just as susceptible. Amen. Real talk. But God does not want us to be. God wants us to be safe in him. And I'm not saying that we run around just, you know what I mean? That's not what I'm saying. Unless he shows you to do that. Then someone might go, you got some moves, buddy, you know? But what I'm saying is, is I don't want our lives to be limited to some really clean, kosher, whatever, thinking that circumstances is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God has a condition, a promise for your soul. That we can enter into this world that desperately needs to know Jesus, unafraid, unapologetic, unoffendable, just like we prayed this morning, unoffendable. So it's just like, cool, I'm going to go out, I'm going to love people and be free and be at peace. What if they don't receive it? Be at peace. Like, whatever. People's reactions are people's reactions. Stephen, with the PH, stoned to death, preaching the gospel. Do you think he made an oopsie? No. You know what I love, though? When he was stoned to death, it talks about his peaceful condition. When he's being stoned to death! That's crazy! He's just looking up to heaven. All right, Lord, let's go. And he makes his transition into eternity. How rad is that? Some of us have someone say something mean. And everything flies out the window. No, I'm not okay. What if you had enough rocks thrown at you to literally kill you? That's a whole different enchilada, man. You know? That's a whole different thing. That's another caliber. And I'm just saying, we can't be... The only kind of hypersensitive I want to be is to the Holy Spirit. It's the only kind of hypersensitive I want to be. The rest of it all, you know what I mean? It's like, man, I just want him and I want peace. And being hypersensitive to him will keep you in a place of peace. Amen? I like the word keep in Isaiah. It actually means the Hebrew word is nisar, and it means to guard watch, watch over, keep close, and blockaded. Who keeps us safe again? Who keeps us in perfect peace? The Father, right? This is talking about what God does. God keeps us. 
God guards us in peace from anything that doesn't look like shalom. But he does that as we fix, as we trust him, and as we fix our thoughts on him. It's, again, it's a relational entrance. It's us showing up with him and saying, God, you are enough. It's embracing the hug from your loving father. That's what it is. His guard is enough. I want us to take a look at John 14. And we're going to read through kind of a chunk of scripture here. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is Jesus speaking. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. Now, I'm going to stop for a second. This is Jesus talking about the day that we are living in now. Okay? He was telling his disciples, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go away. I'm going to die. I'm going to be raised up in so many words. But I'm not going to leave you alone. It says, the helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Let's keep going. Y'all ready? I will not leave you as orphans. Let's read that again. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. After a little while, the world no longer is going to see me, but you are going to see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I in you. The one who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me and the one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and I will reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what has happened that you are going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Let's keep going. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will follow my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. The one who does not love me does not follow my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Let's keep going. These things... I have spoken to you while remaining with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. Y'all ready? Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled nor fearful. Do not let your hearts be troubled or fearful. Again, I know we're looking at a lot of original language, but it's so dense. So let's go ahead. We're going to look at the word for troubled there. This is terrasso. Can you all say terrasso? Come on, give it a little spice. Terrasso. You know, means to agitate. Anybody ever been agitated? <laughs> Don't let your heart be agitated. Tropically to cause one inward commotion, take away his calmness of mind, disturb his equanimity, to disquiet, make restless, 
to be stirred up, irritated, to be troubled, to render anxious or distressed, to perplex the mind of one by suggesting scruples or doubts. Now listen, when I'm troubled, I'm not going, my equanimity is disturbed. That's, that's not, you know what I mean? It's not a calm, like, hmm, I think my equanimity is disturbed. You know what I mean? That's not, when I'm agitated, oftentimes I'm going, ah, in here. Out here, I might be going, hmm, you know? But in here, agitated, stirred up, irritated, equanimity, disturbed, anxious, and I like, too, that it says that to perplex the mind of one by suggesting scruples or doubts. Isn't that interesting? That, that doubts can be thrown in your way just to agitate you and get you off kilter. Anybody ever been there before? You can make a decision so confident in the Lord, you know it's him, and then somebody has a scruple. <laughs> Keep your scruple to yourself. But scruples or doubts, but also we shouldn't be so like, again, hypersensitive that someone else's scruple or doubts would even get you off kilter. You know what I mean? And so it's like there's just a place of peace and security that we can find ourselves in that isn't so easily thrown off, isn't so easily agitated. So let's pull up that last portion of scripture there again in John 14, should be 27. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Y'all ready? Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor be fearful. Yeah, you got, I threw in a B. Nor fearful. Do not let. Do not let. Listen. <laughs> the last thing that I want to hear sometimes when I'm on like the cusp of an anxious freak out is... So, for instance, I remember I'm thinking back, uh, Kara and I were having a little interaction, you know. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, oh, where is this going? <laughs> Those of you who know me long enough are like, this could go so many different ways, even on a Sunday morning. What does interaction mean, pastor, please? Um, <laughs> what I mean by interaction is I was stressing uh, and I didn't even know why. I didn't know why. And even the, the thing, like, there were some scruples, you know what I mean? There were some pokes, you know? There were just, but nowhere near enough to explain the amount of anxiety I was feeling, you know? And so I'm, I'm telling Kara about this, you know? And she goes, Stephen, why are you letting this rule you? And the funny thing is, a younger me probably would have been like, what do you mean letting, you know? But I knew that what she said was true. I knew it was truth. I knew it was truth. Y'all, Kara's a gangster. I'm just telling you, some of y'all don't know this, but she's just like, uh, I'm going to hit you with that fire. You know what I mean? And she does, man. When she does speak, it's powerful. And it's anointed, man. And so she says that to me, and I just said, I said, okay, babe, I know you're right. It just doesn't feel like a choice right now. In the middle of panic, it can be so challenging to recognize any kind of choice. 
And, and honestly, if, if I'm being frank with you, you could even put yourself in a deeper tiz by freaking out about the fact that it is a choice. Okay? So I'm not saying that in the moment of panic is when you need to figure this all out. What I'm saying is when we're outside of panic, which hopefully is most of the time, we decide these things ahead of time. I'm going to live my life in a way that the, I'm not going to be so easily agitated because I'm going to find my peace in the Father. Amen? And in these moments, I have really been learning and growing in, in immediacy to prayer. If you're feeling anxious, agitated, etc., pray immediately. Why wait? Why go down the mental unraveling road? Immediately come to your father and say, Daddy, I need you. And this leads me into our next point, which is essentially, I think a lot of us are living like orphans. What do I mean by that? We're living as though we don't actually have a father to keep us safe. Again, that's the word. That's the word that I wanted to talk about this morning or that part of perfect peace is safety. And I want to tell you, God has directly convicted me of this personally. He has shown me you didn't have a dad. You didn't feel safe. And so you were trusting in your own strength to get out of this. And that is impossible. We cannot live like orphans. We need our father. And I'm telling you, maybe like me, you didn't have a dad, or maybe you had a dad that you couldn't trust, or maybe your dad was abusive or whatever. I'm telling you, there's a heavenly father who is perfect in his love. He knows you exactly as you are, who you're supposed to be, and he wants to hold you. And I'm telling you, like, if I think about a, like a, like a dog who's, Maybe they're at the shelter or something, right? No parents. Maybe they've been beaten. Maybe they've been um, neglected. That dog, how many all know, is going to be a little bit hesitant to a hug? Yeah? It can take some time to figure out, oh, yeah, this is, this is, this is safe. I'm here to tell you today, he is safe. He loves you. He wants to help you. He wants to grow us out of these places of constant distress and irritation and agitation. So let's leave an orphan mindset. Again, these are kind of the scriptures that talk about um, orphanhood, you know. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Can you say helper? God wants to help us so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm coming to you. If anyone loves me, he will follow my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Are you dwelling with him? Like, honestly, are we dwelling with him wherever we go? Again, this is that taking that safety with you wherever you go. If we're in him, if our abode, if we're abiding in him and his presence, then we're safe wherever we go. We're safe no matter what comes at us. We're safe no matter what circumstance or distress or anything is going on. We're safe. 
and we can have peace. And in the midst of panic, sometimes the best thing you can do is say, I'm safe. Pastor Dana told me that one time. You know, I was just stressed and so much that my body was actually expressing symptoms. And, and she said to me, she said, hey, hug yourself and tell yourself that you're safe. And I was like, well, that's, that's a little hippie weirdo for... Thank God we got some people that are willing to be weird, hippie weirdos, you know what I mean? Because hippie weirdo ain't always bad, man. I tell you what, sometimes these things that should be normal we consider weird, but then we're open to all sorts of other kind of weirdness, you know? But I just remember I didn't like have a revelation of what she was saying, you know? So I tried it. I remember I tried it. I was like, <laughs> you're safe. <laughs> okay. Am I though? <laughs> You're safe. Yeah, okay. Sure. You know, and I'm just like going through the motions a little bit. But then as I was studying this, I just immediately thought back to that. And I was just like, whoa, I get it. My, my body didn't know I was safe. It was like, what's wrong? I don't know. What's wrong? When ah! we just need to be held by our father, we just need to be in his embrace. And my embrace would have been one that represents his hold on my life, just saying, you are okay. Everything's going to be all right. This does not matter that much. Peace, safety, peace. The word for orphan means, and it's of uncertain affinity, bereaved, parentless, comfortless fatherless. Whew. Let's not live like we don't have a father. And it's the, it's the presence of the spirit of God. Trinity talk is so wild, isn't it? It's like, so are we talking about the spirit or the father or Jesus? You know what I mean? And what I love about scripture is it's just like, it's all over the place. You know what I mean? The Godhead, you know, three persons, you know. But honestly, I think that some of us are okay with certain parts of the Godhead and not others. Some of us love the Spirit. Some of us love Jesus, but we don't, maybe per our own personal baggage, the Father is a hard one, you know. Or maybe we're okay with Father and, and not of Spirit. But I'm telling you, you can't pick we don't get to pick the Father and not Jesus or the Holy Spirit. We don't get to pick Jesus and not the Father or the Holy Spirit. They all point to one another, and the Holy Spirit is what keeps us from being empty orphans here on the earth. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in our everyday lives and says, Hey, you're not alone. I'm here with you. You're safe. I love you. I'll protect you. I'll guard you. But we have to tune in. Because we can go, nah, we don't have to listen. We should listen. We don't have to listen. But I'm telling you, there's such great peace if we choose to. If we will not just hear his voice, but respond to it. Amen? I find it interesting how in the natural we grow out of our father's abode. But in the spiritual... We're called to continue just to grow deeper in it. You know what I mean? 
I was just thinking about that. It's like, how interesting is it that it's like we grow up and we move out of daddy's house and, and I'm here to tell you today, it's not Christian maturity to grow out of your father's house. Okay? We don't like arrive at this place. Well, I don't need God that much. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. We all need him. And, and as we grow older, the more mature thing to do is go, wow, I need you more than I've ever even known. That's what it ought to be. It ought not be, well, I've got my spiritual gifts. Ha. I don't need the Lord. I got this under control. Well, your spiritual gifts ain't going to do squat without his empowerment, first of all. It's just going to be make-believey, you know? But, and that's not, that's not a dagger at spiritual gifts either. Those are wonderful tools to bring about his loving power in the earth. But I'm just saying maturity is growing in the realization that we are designed to be held in our Father's arms constantly in perfect peace. Some of us are prodigal sonning, you know. What did he do? He took his father for granted, asked for his inheritance, and then tried to make it on his own then he realized the inheritance alone wasn't enough. You don't grow out of your need for your father in the spirit. It's just like it's, and, and honestly, I would even say in a godly context, in the natural, I think fathers have roles for the entirety of our lives. It's not the same thing as our heavenly father, but in a godly context, I think he's designed for there to be a kind of beautiful relationship. It takes different shapes, leave and cleave, baby. But that said, it's like, man, our heavenly father will not leave us, will not forsake us. We're meant to be with him always and grow deeper. That's one of my prayers with true. Every night, as we grow older, and that's my part, I say, all right. And as we go through all the fruit of the spirit, and I say, and Lord, we thank you that as we grow older, that's my part. And he says, we grow closer in Jesus' name. I think that's God's desire for us. But we think that we get too mature and that's wrong. Stay a child to him. I'm not saying stay childish. There's talk about not just eating milk or, and all that, but I want to be in the dining room with him at all times, no matter what he's feeding me. No matter what he's feeding me, no matter what season I'm in. These tears are his affection for you. Just so you know, I'm not sad when I'm crying like this. It's like I'm feeling God's heart for us. Sometimes it's just like too much. Our inheritance in Christ is meant to be enjoyed with him. And the beautiful thing is, is if you found yourself living like an orphan, eating pig slop like the prodigal son, I think it's in Luke 15, you can read it. But if you find yourself like him going, man, I'm not at perfect peace. Come home to your father. He's waiting and yearning for you. He wants to like give you the ring, say, man, you have a speech. I don't care about your speech. Get over here. I'm going to put a ring on your finger. We're going to kill a fatted calf. We're going to party down because you're here and I love you and I want to hold you and I want to remind you, I see you as brilliant. You were designed in my image. You're my child. I love you. Amen.
I like the scripture in Psalm 4.8. It says this, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Self-sufficiency To be convinced that we can or ought be self-sufficient is a lie of the devil. I'm like trying to find <laughs> words to accurately communicate that. But it's a lie. Now, I'm not telling us we ought to be needy towards everyone. What I am saying is God alone is the one who keeps us safe. Christians, we need to remember this, okay? Don't put your trust in the world. Don't put your trust in worldly systems. Don't put your trust in the latest book you read. Put your trust in him. We can't be on this roller coaster ride of, ah, I'm safe. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Put your trust in him. And you will be safe. And you can lie down and sleep. Can I get an amen? Come on, man. I remember I used to have real hard time sleeping. God has set me free from that. And I am so grateful. I can even be stressed out about something and go, God, it's yours. Doze off. It's wonderful. You know, it's really good. But he alone will keep us safe. Again, it can be hard for someone who's been living like an orphan to believe and trust in someone else keeping us safe when we've been fending for our safety all of our lives. He can keep you safe. Don't trust in yourself, trust in him. 1 Peter 5, 6-7. I really like how the NASB translates this in its latest translation. Uh, it says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, having cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares about you. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Now, how many of y'all ever heard, cast your cares on him for, or, for he cares for you? Anybody heard that before? I think that's also true, just for the record. But how many know you can care for something you don't care about? I could care for someone that I don't care about. And all I'm saying is, I think that this does a good job at communicating the truth that all other translations with a four are also communicating. But I just like that it says, he cares about you. God's not just putting up with you and your stuff. He's not just going, well, I guess I have to care for you. He cares about you and wants to care for you. Did you know that? You guys, look it up in the original language. You can see what I'm talking about. But I'm just saying that he cares about you. You are not just some empty obligation. You are a child he wants to care for. And he does care for. And it's a beautiful thing. I just, I just wrote this down. It's just a few sentences. I love you. I've got you. You're safe. It's going to be okay. I love you. I've got you. You're safe. It's going to be okay. I feel like God communicating those things to our hearts 
in the midst of troubled times is just like, wow, so much peace in that. The, the end of that scripture there, uh, it says, be of sober spirit. Let's go ahead and we'll pull that up with it emphasized here. I think it's the same scripture, just in a different portion. But anyways, the end of that, if we want to read that together, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. The enemy would love for his roar to strike panic in your heart. Do you know that's part, of the, that's part of the purpose of a roar, is to make animals act all sorts of crazy. It's like, ah, what's happening? You know, and then they, sometimes it's they panic from the roar and they're intimidated, and so then they run in the opposite direction where there's other lions there to just eat the prey up. And so this roar of the enemy is designed to make you panic. We may not be devoured. Because guess what? I know a different lion with a bigger roar. Hello? Y'all ever heard of the lion of the tribe of Judah? Hello? Come on, man. My dad's bigger than your dad. My dad can beat your dad up. Like when, when y'all were kids, I didn't have a dad that I could say that. I was always kind of jealous. You know what I mean? Like my dad, never mind, you know? But I remember the kids used to argue about that. There was actually this really cute uh, Instagram reel thing that I posted where these kids were arguing. And it's like these two, uh, they're twin girls. And it's just like this little boy. And he's like, my mom said it's sprinkling outside. And then the two girls are like, no. My mom said it's raining and they're just going back and forth, you know, back and forth about how it's not sprinkling, it's raining. And it's just this hilarious thing about the my mom argument. And I'm just saying our dad wins. Okay. And you have to know that and you have to know that you're safe in him. When the enemy roars, don't panic. Go, oh, that's all you got? Because I know a greater roar. Amen? Don't be edible. I like that. <laughs> Amen, Mark. Don't be edible. That's good. <laughs> All right, so again, we're just going to wrap it up here by looking at that scripture in Isaiah 26, 3 again. Can we read this whole thing together? You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for perfect peace. I thank you for a revelation of, your, of who you are, Father. A revelation of the love of the Father, the hold of the Father, the safety in our Father. Holy Spirit, I thank you for just making these things so real to us in ways that, like when, when Pastor Dana was saying, tell your body you're safe, and I was like, I don't know. I thank you for the, I, oh, I get it. I get it. I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing your love. But knowing your love as a father, the truest and the best father we could ever, beyond what we could even ask or think or imagine. Right now, I speak to any spirit of fear or anxiety, and I say, go from our people in Jesus' name. You have no right, no place. 
If anyone's bound in regular oppression by these things, I, Holy Spirit, I just thank you for encouraging hearts. And I thank you that things that we thought were concrete and forever, that you are capable of breaking us out of them. I thank you for hope. I thank you for hope. I thank you for great change. I thank you for peace. In Jesus' awesome name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to that message. We hope that it was a blessing to you. However you tuned in today, why don't you subscribe and maybe share with a friend? Yeah, and if you're in the area, we would love to have you join us in person Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. right here in Menominee, Wisconsin. Also, we would be honored if you would consider partnering with us financially to help make this all possible. And you can do that at wearelovechurch.com. These are great days to be alive. Thanks for tuning in today. God bless you. We love you. See ya.